Good to have you all with us. Welcome to those of you who are online and just joining us now. Glad you can be here with us as well. As I was listening to some worship music this morning on the way into the service here, a um, song popped up by the Newsboys. It's a newer one, last couple of years. It's called The Cross Has the Final Word. That's why we're here. Right? And this is, these are the last lines of this song. The cross has the final word. The Savior has come with the morning light. The cross has the final word. It's the resurrection, right? It's not just the cross. It's the resurrection. And together they have the final word over sin and over death. They have the final word over the Ukraine and Russia and the economy and COVID and whatever you're going through. The cross has the final word. So let's celebrate that this morning. Lord, thank you. How else can we start the day, this Resurrection Sunday, except with praise you and thank you? We celebrate you, Jesus, that you, your cross, your empty tomb, an open grave, it's empty. Lord, we, we celebrate that these have won. Praise you. Thank you. You have won the victory already. And so, Lord, would you, would you now apply that victory increasingly in our lives so that we move from a place of victory to a place of victory, from one to the next as we move through life, recognizing that Jesus has already won. The cross had the final word. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation now. The old has already gone. The new is now here. It's about new creation, Lord. Would you make your new creation the reality of our lives so that every day we walk in step with the Spirit, celebrating Jesus and praising the Father and saying, thank you. Praise you for the cross. Praise you for the resurrection. Thank you for what is to come for us. Lord, may they not be concepts. May they be things that we live. May your cross have the final word over Ukraine and Russia and refugees. May your cross have the final word over COVID and health systems and politics. May your cross have the final word over the troubles in our lives. Because Christ is risen. So there is victory. Would you help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Only let us live up to what we have already attained, Paul says. It's already there. We move from victory to victory because of you. Because you defeated every enemy. If God is for us, who could be against us? No one and nothing, because nothing is stronger than you. So Lord, be our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in times of trouble. Would you have your way through this service? Would you get full honor and glory? Would you take over? 
We lay our expectations down for what a Sunday should look like. And we say, this is not about us. It's about you. So may Jesus have first place and preeminence. Not just till 11 or 11.30. But may this time be the, the beginning of the rest of the week where Jesus has first place. Lord, as we open your scriptures, as we hear how you have been at work, would you take those things that we hear and apply them to our lives so that it doesn't become someone else's story or someone else's truth? May it be ours too. May we step into the reality of who you are and what you are doing. May it change every aspect of us from our physical bodies to the souls that we present to you, we lay our complete lives on the altar. As Romans commands us to do, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We are yours. We are yours precisely because of what you have done for us. So these are our offerings of gratitude this morning, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Grab your Bibles. We're just going to look at one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. How many of you know it? I know some of you know it because you've quoted it to me. While you're finding 2 Corinthians 5.14, I have a question for you. What day of the week did God start creation? The first day of the week. (laughs) That is an excellent answer. And if you had to map that onto a calendar, what would the first day of the week be? on a calendar. Very good. What is the first day of new creation? No, (laughs) it's still Sunday. The first day of new creation is Resurrection Sunday, which is why the worship got transferred from Sabbath to the first day of the week. Because Jesus rose on Sunday, the first day of new creation. That's not an accident, right? The the God who was mapping out salvation history and writing the Bible was smart enough to put the first day of new creation on the day when creation began. Sunday, the first day of the week. Because The resurrection is all about new creation. Where is Jesus laid? I know it's in a tomb. Where's the tomb though? And where was that new tomb where nobody else had been laid? In a a garden. 
Are you picking up the new creation echoes there? And who does Mary mistake him for? The gardener. Right? Is that by accident that, not, that she not only makes that mistake, but it gets put into scripture? These are new creation echoes that God puts right into scripture so that we know that it's not just the cross that has the final word. It's the resurrection and the empty tomb and the beginning of new creation that has the final word going forward. We step into new creation. And it's, and it's the new creation that we are now living. So what does 2 Corinthians 5.17 say? Look at it with me. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything, see, everything has become new. God is in the business of remaking his creation. And Jesus is the first sign of it. Jesus is the first sign that the old has gone and the new has come. And that's not a concept, that's a lived reality that we get to step into. We get to step into it. And you go, I don't, I don't know, I'm looking at my life going, I don't see so much new creation. What I see is a whole lot of the old still, what the heck? How do you square that with this? I'm asking you now, I'm not gonna give you the answer, at least maybe not right away. How do you square that with this? If anyone is in Christ, you follow Christ? You trying? If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. So what's happening here? We're living our lives and we're seeing that stuff isn't going as the way that new creation should go. What the heck? Help, Lord. Is that the life that you're in? the life that I'm in? Yep. So how do we both acknowledge God's word and say, there's something still going on in my life that doesn't look like new creation? Because I'd like to be honest. I don't want to deny what's going on in my life and that I haven't yet seen new creation in every single aspect of it. And yet God said it's already gone. How are you dealing with that reality? Someone has used the, the idea um, of uh, a bank account. Let me say this. Um, it's like I have all of the new creation in my bank account, but I am working on getting it into my jeans. It's all yours, right? It is all yours. Jesus, the cross had the final word. The new creation has come. Here we are, we, we live lives of new creation, but what we are doing is going through a process of taking what is rightfully ours. It's in my bank account. God has put it there. And I need to make increasing withdrawals so that it gets into my pocket, into my possession, into my life where I can use it. Are you making those withdrawals? That's the process we need to be continually entering into. But no, people don't enter into it if they don't actually first acknowledge that it's theirs. 
and then start going through that process of day after day after day, working out the salvation that I have already received with fear and trembling because it's God that's working in us. It's yours. Do you, do you actually believe that? Does that truth trump the facts of your life? Because it needs to in order for the cross to have the final word. We have to trust that God is actually, has already put that into our account and he wants it in our possession, but we have to enter into that process. And it is a process. And we have been seeing this process of what's in the account increasingly coming into people's possession here in our church in increasing ways in the last number of weeks, especially. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there are people here um, that we are rubbing shoulders with each Sunday that are experiencing renewal? We've had them share stories up here. Have you heard those stories and have you seen the light on people's faces recently? Have you actually heard some stories of people being healed physically here? Have, have you heard some of the stories of people being not only renewed, but God bringing um, healing and life inside that people couldn't get past? If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, and we are seeing new creation pop up around here all the time. And we share testimonies so that you can grab onto that and say, if God did that for her, If God did that for him, he will do it for me too. Because there's no one special in the kingdom. No one at all. You have just as much access as I do. So what we're going to do here this morning is share a story of new creation. Okay? I could teach you about the resurrection or I could show you the resurrection power at work in someone's story. Could you come on up, Ralph? A lot of you won't know Ralph. Ralph's married to Joyce. Joyce has been around here for a very long time. That's not a comment on your age, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Somehow those two don't work together, I I don't know. (laughs) Ralph uh, has been married to Joyce for a while too. Yeah, a long time. Have a seat, Ralph. Um, but Ralph has not been around here a long time. And a number of weeks ago, when we shared stories up here uh, of women who, a uh, couple of guys, myself and Joel, but um, primarily it was women sharing their stories of having gone through uh, healing prayer, inner healing, deliverance, um, and the life that, that it has brought to them as a result just happened to be Ralph's first Sunday here after God had been intervening in his life that week. And Ralph and I have been chatting weekly since then. And so this, as we share a story here, this isn't someone told me a cool story and I'm just putting it on the stage. I've actually been watching this week after week after week unfold. So Um, you can trust what you are hearing in spite of maybe not knowing Ralph. Um, So Ralph, would you share your story of 
what God's been doing in your life. I want you, as you listen, to pay attention to two things mainly. Listen for all of the different ways that God has been speaking, okay, in this story. And watch for the different ways God has been at work, okay? Please share your story. And this is not a five-minute story, so don't get uncomfortable when it goes a little bit longer, okay? This is intentional, all right? So please share your story, Ralph. I lived on a farm until I was 17 years old. When I was 10 to 12 years old, I accepted Jesus in my heart. But at Bible When the Lord came into my heart, it was the most incredible feeling. Just wanted to once I left the farm, I drifted further and further from the Lord. I was in trouble with the law all the time, in jail multiple times. The last time I was standing in front of the judge waiting to be sentenced, and he told me he was going to recommend I go to a psychiatric institution that would try and help me to sort out my life. Otherwise, he said he would be seeing me in front of him all the time for more serious crimes. But he told me it was my choice. So I did go to the psychiatric institution, and they helped me to understand why I was behaving the way I was and to feel better about myself. Then, four to five years later, I got married to the love of my life. We were very happy together and had two healthy sons. But slowly over the years, our marriage, my friendships, my life in general, drifted further and further into emptiness. Close friends that I had, I lost touch. My once happy marriage to me was like a routine. I became very cynical of everything and everyone around me. I mostly just kept to myself, even with my own family. Then in February, my sister Sheldina invited me to join her alpha group through Zoom. My immediate reaction was, nah, ain't happening. I had no interest in anything to do with Jesus. I'd driven him out. Then I thought, well, this is my sister. So I agreed to join the alpha group. And after the first four or five sessions, I started weird feelings and thoughts. And then Childina sent me the link to the Bible in one year devotion on my computer. So I started to follow the daily devotions. Sorry. <laughs> so I started to follow the daily devotions and between them and the Alpha Group session, the videos and the verses really started to hit a chord with me and I started having these arguments in my head about God. And I actually, right here, I actually mentioned it one time to Sheldina, and she says, well, it's good to argue with God. And I said, I'm not arguing with God. It's in my head, arguing, somebody's arguing about God, not me. It was like I was between two people arguing about God, and I'm trying to make sense of it all. I'd stand in the garage trying to do my woodwork, and I'm thinking all these thoughts getting more and more confused. Then Judy, who was the helper in Sheldina's Alpha Group, sent out the first of two Holy Spirit videos, 
And I watched the first one on a Thursday and the second one that next Sunday morning. And I'm standing in my garage and I'm really getting confused. And I'm talking now to God in my thoughts. And I'm thinking, God, what is going on? What should I do? Help me to even put one thought in my head. And it's going on and on in my head. And all of a sudden, it was like somebody just yelled in my head, get on your knees. And I'm like, oh. And I got on my knees. And I'm on my knees in my garage, and I got my elbows on, on a sawhorse, and I'm praying to God. And I'm saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but if you are talking to me, please help me make sense out of all these thoughts. And I'm talking out loud to God, or I'm not talking out loud to God. This is all in my thoughts. That same Sunday, the Alpha meeting had the third and last Holy Spirit video. And it really started getting me worked up emotionally. Especially when Nikki, the guy that uh, was the head of the Alpha group, he just prayed that simple prayer for the Holy Spirit. Come. And that really got me. After that last video, I was in the Alpha group prayer room with Sheldina, and she asked me if she could pray for me, and I immediately said yes. The next morning, Monday, Sheldina and I were FaceTiming, and Sheldina asked me if she could pray for me, and again, I said yes. Sheldina starts praying for me, and she asked me if I want Jesus back in my life, and I immediately said yes. Sheldina asked Jesus to come back into my life and to forgive all my sins and to give clarity to my thoughts. She finished praying for me and asked me how I felt. And I said, fine. I said, I have tears in my eyes. I'm a little emotional, but that was it. She said, well, basically, they was disappointed. Sheldina just looked at me and said, Something like, well, Jesus has come into your life, though. You're now a Christian. I said, okay. The rest of the day, working in my garage, I had Jesus in my thoughts the whole day. So Dina suggested watching all three Holy Spirit videos again, which I did. That night, I prayed that simple prayer from the last Holy Spirit video in my thought. Come. I felt nothing. I'm kneeling beside my bed, and all of a sudden, these words from a song start going through my head, sang by a blind autistic. Young boy by the name of Christopher Duffley. And the words are, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. And they just kept going through my head, and I went to sleep. Now, before I go any further, I have to say that I'm a creature of habit and routine. I get up in the morning to make my first cup of coffee, go downstairs to my computer. Depending on how early it is, I read the news, and when it's getting close to the market's opening, I log into my financial portfolio page to watch the markets for a bit. By this time, I'm ready for my second cup, and then I go out to the garage to have a smoke. Then I go on with my day. After I started reading the Bible in one year, my new habit and routine is, well, 
read the Bible in one year devotion first, then to my computer, then out to the grass. Tuesday morning, I'm up about six or so, and I go make my coffee, head downstairs, start the computer, go to the Bible in one year devotion for that day, read the devotion, check. First task done. On to the next half, my financial portfolio. Push the shortcut button, do account the access page, type in account number, password, enter. A little circle just sits there and spins. I try it again. Same thing. The little circle just sits there and spins. The home page won't open. Now I'm starting to think, God, are you talking to me? Well, I try it again. Now the access page won't even open. Now I realize God is really talking to me. And I'm thinking, now what do I do? Then I remembered that Sheldina had emailed me three links to what she called Jesus time. I went into my email and found the links and opened the first one. It was Pastor Rick Warren. And he was, it was the second podcast in a third three-part series he was teaching on how the church meets your deepest needs. I listened to the podcast, and he read a verse from Isaiah 29, verse 13. God said, these people say they are mine, but they honor me only with their lips. Their hearts are far away from me, and their worship of me amounts to nothing more than human traditions that they have memorized and say by rote. When Pastor Rick explained, God wants you to talk to him with your heart, not your lips. Otherwise, don't even show up. When I heard Pastor Rick say that, the emotions and the feelings that went through my body, I started getting tears. In my eyes, my lips were trembling. My inner being felt like it was trembling. It was like this weight was lifted off my soul. God spoke to me in a way that even I could understand. Talk to God with your heart. But being me, I had to test God. Maybe my portfolio website was, eh, it was just down. So what do I do? Push cut button to the account access. It opened. Type in account number, password, enter. Immediately, there is my portfolio. When I saw my portfolio homepage, the feelings that went through my body this time were so intense, I felt like somebody had taken my inner self and body slammed me. I just looked up at the ceiling and I said out loud, Okay, God, I got your point. Even a simple man like me can understand that. And I signed out of my portfolio page. And talk to God with your heart, just not your lips. I had quit smoking once, but started again. And I always wanted to quit smoking, but never could. I smoked half a cigarette, put it in the ashtray in the garage, and then smoked the rest of it later. That morning, I had two cigarette butts in my ashtray. I grabbed both because. Oh, I got a lot to think about. I'm standing outside the garage, 
I lit the first one, and I'm thinking about what happened, trying to take it all in. I started thinking about the first Holy Spirit video. And it's about some guy painting, it opened, some guy painting, and he's talking to somebody, and he's saying, I'm smoking a cigarette, and I don't even smoke. And right here, I went into the garage, I butted out my first cigarette, lit the second one, and I'm going back outside, and I'm standing outside the garage again, and I'm standing there thinking again about this guy smoking, and he doesn't even smoke. I look down at the cigarette in my fingers. I walk into the garage, and I butt out the second cigarette in the ashtray, knowing and trusting that Jesus has given me the strength to quit smoking. And all of this happened in one hour, roughly. And I haven't smoked since. Well, yeah, just over a month. The rest of the day I spent working in the garage, thinking about all that had happened that morning. Later on in the afternoon, I was just standing in the garage and a thought popped into my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized what God had done for me. He listened to my muddled-up prayer, Sheldina's prayer, and he showed me what I was doing wrong in a way that even I could understand. He then let me test him, and then he gave me the strength to quit smoking. And that was, again, the first time I realized, started to realize just how much God loved me. Now, over the past month, I've had huge ups and huge downs. But every time I was in a huge down, God would speak to me in such a powerful way, usually through the Bible and one-year devotional scripture, that, I, that even I could understand. Sometimes I wouldn't even be in the right part of the devotional because God had just directed me to a different scripture that he wanted me to read. And away it'd go again. Another time when I was down, he used scripture again to show me how much I really loved him and why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for me and to wash away all my sin. Last Sunday in the Alpha Group, we watched a video on physical healing prayer. Afterwards, I was asked what I thought of healing prayer. And I said it was awesome, but hard to believe. Then everybody in the Alpha group was directed to list a physical ailment that they would like healed, and someone else in the group to pray for them. Sheldina and I both asked for someone to pray for our right knees. One of the ladies then prayed for Sheldina and my right knee. The next morning, Monday, I was praying, and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere with God. So I was just sitting there, not thinking, and I quietly heard, stand up. I was kind of stunned, so I did nothing. And again, I heard this quiet voice, stand up. So I stood up. I was so shocked that I went 13 steps up the kitchen, 13 steps back down again. I sat down on the sofa, and as I was praying to God and thanking him and asking for forgiveness for doubting him, I could feel my right knee getting warm 
Now, I still have difficulty with the knee, but nowhere near the trouble that I had before the lady in the Alpha group prayed for it. Also, God has been showing me over the past month all the sin that I have to repent and ask forgiveness for. Some sin I already knew, and with Jesus' help, I've asked forgiveness for. Another time, it was a clear, sharp image that just popped into my head of a sin that I had done to someone that I didn't even remember. And when I asked that person to forgive me, and he did, didn't remember what it was either. But it was that image in my head. But this past week, I really struggled with a huge amount of sin that I knew about but didn't understand. I struggled with it Monday night. When I woke up Tuesday, I tried to pray, but it was like there was nothing there. I went to my computer to read the Bible in one devotional, and the internet was down. I was sitting in my computer chair, staring at the ceiling, and God started talking to me. For three to four hours, off and on, he led me through my life of great sin explaining everything so I understood exactly what it was, where it was, and to whom I had done it to, and why Jesus had left my life so many years ago. God also showed me that Jesus was in my heart again, but Jesus could not continue to cleanse my heart anymore because I wouldn't let him. I wasn't putting Jesus in front of everyone and everything in my life. I hadn't completely let go of my game of checkers. In all honesty, it was hard for me to let go of that game of checkers, to recommit myself to Jesus. But once I recommitted myself to Jesus, over the next few hours, I could just feel the strength and love of Jesus washing over me, forgiving me for all my sins that I now understand and to start giving me strength and guidance to overcome my fears and guilt as I start to ask forgiveness for everyone that I have sinned against. I know it's going to be a hard journey, but with Jesus by my side guiding me, I know that I will do it in whatever way he would. Well done, Ralph. You want to have a seat or do you want to? You good? Okay. Anyone is in Christ. There is a, here's a new creation, right? The old has gone, the new has come. And yet it's still a process. Did you pick that up? Right? Ralph's going through what I've been calling peeling the onion. It's where you go back and you, you go through layer after layer of your life and say, Lord, what do you want me to make right? What do I need to confess? What do I need to apologize to someone about? And as he's been doing that, it's been both this, this uh, experience of this is really heavy and hard, and I'm getting more of Jesus in the moment, right? Did you notice the different ways God was speaking? What are the different ways that he spoke just in this story? 
call them out if you remember. What are, what are the different ways that God spoke to Ralph? Scripture is a big one, right? Yep, sorry. A song lyric. Yes, a number of you have spoken to me and said this, God spoke to me through this particular song lyric. He does those kinds of things. How else did he speak to him? His routine, right? And he interrupted something, didn't he? I made a computer a couple of different times. A computer do something different. And Ralph demonstrated enough sensitivity to say, oh, Lord, you might be speaking to me through this. I should pause and listen. Yep. A couple of different times, there were words in his head, right? Get on your knees. Or there was another one that you, you listed there. I can't remember. Um, but a couple different times, it was, there were stand up, right? A couple of different times. He spoke to him through healing his knee, didn't he? What did, that, what did God say to him through healing his knee? That he loved him. I heard that. Thank you. Right? God's been walking him through a process of saying, you're mine, now respond, but I love you. Here's a gift. Right? He didn't earn that gift. It, he didn't get his knee healed after he'd made his confessions. This was simply another time that God wanted to speak to him. Right? He still isn't healed, but what stuck out in my mind so much, Ben, was as I'm praying and forgiving, Pull it back to your mouth. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just listen to a young man yeah. say how much he's, what I've seen, I've always believed in God, but I've just never followed God. Mm-hmm. And now I am with God. And why would I say I'm hard to believe? Mm-hmm. And he showed me. I mean, my knee still was not good, mm-hmm. but it was that heat I felt on my knee just for that couple of seconds. I actually put my hand on it. I didn't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had a number of here, people here who've been partially healed. But we still call that a healing, and we give thanks to God and praise to him, and we say we're going to trust you for the rest as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, I told you that knee yesterday, and it's the ligaments around the knee. The knee shot, but it's the ligaments. And after they prayed for me, when I'm kneeling or even sitting like now, just a couple of minutes, and I have to straighten that knee out like this before I can even properly roll. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good story, isn't it? It's a picture of what Jesus' resurrection gives us. Right? He died that there might be new creation. If anyone is in Christ. There is a new creation. It's all in the account. How do we get it into our possession? Peeling the onion has been a big part of it. Trusting God has been a big part of it. Pursuing him, right? This has been a pursuit for you. Um, I mean, it has changed your daily routine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Big time. Right? But it's changed your relationships as well and the way that you... 
you interact with people. And there's been a whole variety of things that have had to change in order to respond well to God. Yeah, it's just like I tell it, you know, I, everything I see different. Where I used to smile was just like an expression. Hmm. No, it's just, oh man, look at that smile. I see it. Laughter is just noise. No, it's genuine laughter, joy. Yeah. I tell people, you look different. I just, you look different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago up here, when Ben did an altar call on the spot, which was the weirdest thing for me because I honestly have, I grew up in a Baptist church. Like it's hilarious for a Baptist pastor to say, I don't like altar calls, but uh, I grew up in a Baptist church where there was an altar call every Sunday and I have an allergic reaction to them. And then in the moment it was like, no, you're doing an altar call, Ben. And so um, Ralph comes up and I just put my arm around and I'm praying for him. And um, I say like, Ralph, what are you hearing from the Lord? And do you remember the word that you said? It was just one word. First time I said peace. Was peace or joy? Joy. Joy. Yeah. Yep. Second time. Yeah. Because God changes lives. We are seeing physical healings here. We are seeing inner healings here. And we are seeing renewals here because God is at work because there is new creation and he's taking what's in the account and putting it in our possession. Do you want more of it in your possession? So we're going to continue on in worship and I'm not necessarily going to do an altar call, but we, we would love to pray for you if there are things that you want prayer for. And so um, there will be an opportunity for that at the end of the service as well. Ralph, thank you. You're an encouragement to the crowd here. Well done. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. He is risen. He is risen. Go in peace. We're going to bless those who are online. Thank you for joining us. See you later.